It's a lot of fun. Keep it fun. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host, at Steve Diddy, NFL on Twitter, and of course, follow the group at UK Packers. And it feels we're going into this intro because I haven't done it in, what, two weeks? But we're back. We're back, baby. We're 13 and 3. And of course, to break down the game and all things Packers, I'm joined by Peter Jones. It's at IT Hedgehog. And for no reason whatsoever, just because I missed doing it. You doing it, Pete? You doing it? I'm, do- I'm doing it, Steve. Is there a reason for us to do this? I'm, I'm doing it. All right. Quick snaps. Missed it. We missed an episode. We did get contacted to say where was quick snaps, but it kind of fell weird over the Christmas period. And myself and Pete decided just to give us a break. But Pete, dear Jesus Christ, don't we need the bye week after that game last night? Holy lama. I need a bloody bye week after after last night, Steve. I tell you, excuse my language, but I, I, I'm like everybody else. I think we're, we're all we're all just worn out. You yeah. know, I was throwing every pass overthrowing some of them, catching every ball, <laughs> some dropping of some of them. Just <laughs> just like everybody else sitting on their couches trying to struggle through that game and trying to work out at the end of it whether whether to be really happy that we'd made it through and got the what turned out to be the number two seed or or sitting there with some question thinking that it wasn't very good, was it? So I don't quite know where I am today. I know. They call it a bye week, Pete, because people tend to have bypasses in the bye week just to try to get over that because definite <laughs> open heart surgery is needed. Break my sternum. Uh, but yeah, really weird game. And the thing is, is that I've always been measured. And me and you, we've sort of done the whole Marcus Aurelius thing, the stoicism uh, when we've got on here. But that game just left a bad taste in my mouth solely because it's like our tactics were obviously pants. And we kept going back to the pants tactics. Now, this isn't going to be a whole podcast of just a diatribe of negativity. Not at all. Uh, there's some really good parts to, to pull from it. However, how frustrating was it uh, that we just kept going for the deep ball all the time? And my question to you is, straight off the bat, uh, and it's after seeing Aaron Rodgers sit down on the bench and obviously say that was an effing bad call or whatever he said uh, or an effing terrible call which I someone said it on Twitter and I was like there's no way he would be that blatant with it I went back and looked and he absolutely I'm no uh, you know, I am a body language expert I will say that I always say that uh, but I'm no lip reader but he definitely says it Pete so when it comes down to this long ball strategy is that down to Matt LaFleur is it down to Aaron Rodgers or what do you think happened last night that caused us to keep going for the same thing again and again and again so so I my 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 uneducated feeling is is that is that it's a mixture it's a mixture of both yeah but, but you know very clearly going into the game they had emphasized in the game planning that that, that they wanted to throw long so they've clearly seen they've clearly seen something either either they just felt that, that the lions could be beaten deep or they wanted to throw that they wanted to throw the long ball early to loose, you know, to loosen up the short and intermediate pass, the underneath stuff. Whatever it was, that clearly had got into both Lafleur and Rogers in terms of the play calling dur- during the game, and whether how many of those long balls were were actually play calls by Lafleur. I think a number of them probably were, but I also think there's probably just as many where Rogers got had for some reason got into his head that he was going to, he was going to throw it long come what may, yeah. you know, even if it wasn't there, because that's what it, that's what it felt like. And I guess, 
I guess the frustrate the really frustrating thing was was the consistent you know third and seven third and six third and third and eight and and, and, you, and you're throwing it 35 yards down the field hmm. that's the that's the that's the really thing that you that I really struggled with la- last night and you know had one or two of those balls not been overthrown one or two of the 16 that he overthrew had one or two of those not been overthrown and gone for first downs or, or touchdowns then I guess I guess they'd have got got away with it but it was just it was just time after time after time and and eventually you know when they start checking, taking the check downs start start running some of the underneath stuff um some of the crossing patterns that they'd run last week they started running those you know late in the third quarter and into the fourth quarter mm. they moved the ball when they had to yeah um so it was very very frustrating i, I don't think we'll ever really know what the where the balance of that play of play calling or or whether they were audibles or or just Rogers doing his own thing. I don't think we'll ever truly know what the balance of that was. But when you put those things together, it wasn't very good. No, and look, it makes sense to pass and maybe pass deep when A, you've got Aaron Rodgers and B, you're up against the worst passing defense in the league. So it makes sense. But the thing was, it was like, it's like watching a, a toddler, you know what I mean? They keep doing the same thing again and again and again and again. And you're like, oh, it's not working, bro. You know, like per Rob Domofsky, he overthrew eight of his 12 incompletions in the first half alone and 16 yeah. overthrows in total in the game, which he says is the worst by a quarterback in a game since ESPN started tracking them in 2006, which is shocking. The thing that sort of strikes me as well is that Rodgers came out after the game and said that he felt good about the throws. That's the crazy thing. Felt good about some of those I overthrew by a couple of yards. But, oh dear G, and it goes to show, he throws it and he's like, okay, well then maybe in a couple of those he blames receiver for you know not quite being in the right place, not putting on the heat as much. Um, and of course, I wasn't helped by the fact that Jimmy Graham dropped on the first play of the game, which as I said from the group account, oh, here we go now. Because it's just like, <laughs> like out of all the things you don't want to happen in a Packers game is this, obviously, uh, but also for Jimmy Graham to drop something so early because all you're going to get on your timeline thereafter is just how <laughs> trash Jimmy Graham is. Um, and it's the same with MVS. You know, all of this sort of, you know, the narrative is in the news is Alan Lazard number two. MVS hasn't been getting a whole lot of snaps or a whole lot of targets anyway. Uh, and then when he does, even though the ball was a, a bit behind him, he doesn't haul it in. And then all of a sudden, the boo birds are out again saying, you know, this goes rubbish as well yeah no i i i i agree and and there's no doubt in my mind that you know for example that 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 example you've just used the pass to to mvs that was a bad pass yeah 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 i I, i'm i'm not having that that drew Brees or tom brady or one of those other guys doesn't make that pass i'm not having it um and so yeah we can get on the backs of mvs or jimmy graham or 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 whoever it whoever it might be, quite rightly if they're dropping part if they were you know like like Jimmy dropped that pass that clearly should have caught, um, but there was also some not so stellar quarterback play in the first two and a half quarters as well. And um, if that long ball works, then you keep doing it. I get that. I get that. But but after a, after a while, it just got so repetitive and so annoying. I mean, it's again, it's one thing if you're on. You know, you've had a penalty or on third and fifteen or something, but to keep doing it on on third and eight, third and seven, third and five, yeah, it it just well, I you know, I guess 
I guess we're just talking the frustration that everybody was everybody was feeling was feeling last night. It's odd though, Pete, as well, wasn't it? Because usually you expect him to go to deep ball because Devonte looks like he has you know you know minus one yard of separation, which is enough for Devonte Adams. Yeah. Uh, you know, or, or a target that he like Lazard. So that was a long pass. So, you know, behind the scenes, I was messaging a couple of people and I was just like, you know, yeah, this is frustrating, this long ball thing. Then he hits a long ball to Alan Lazard. And one of the responses back was, oh, well, that one worked. And I'm like, yeah, OK, you know, but all, all the time it's bad. But like he was throwing long balls to Irvin. You know what I mean? Like this is whatever string running back who's on returns. And yes, he's done well there, but to be lamping the ball to him with no separation is crazy. And it's weird too, isn't it, that out of all of the overthrows, his interception and underthrowing ball, it's kind yeah. of like, how can you win on the night, Pete? Yeah, no, nah, it was, it was, it, it was also disjointed, wasn't it? It was also, mm. um, it was, it was odd. And I made a comment last night that was just, you know, I just said, I thought I understood some of this game, but now I'm not sure I do because, because it, it just, it was just the strangest offensive play calling game that I've seen in a long, long time. Uh, and, and as we've just described, we, we won't ever know with hundred percent certainty quite how that came about. Yeah. It's, it's one thing, Steve, I think if, you know, if you're at third and five, third and eight and you throw a nine, a nine yard out, and it's incomplete. It gets knocked down. He drops it. Whatever. At least you can understand the play call. Yeah. It was very difficult to consistently understand twenty-five and thirty-yard passes down the field, which, at the best of times, have, you know, whatever a small percentage chance of being complete. So it was odd. Very odd. Well, I'm going to go there, right? Because there's an awful lot of talk online and we might as well wade into the debate ourselves. Um, you know, th- there was an article out recently, I think it was a week or two ago, uh, that sort of deep-dived onto how much we've neglected the wide receiver position um, and tight ends and all this type of stuff and that Jimmy Graham was a splash, but obviously it was could be deemed as a bust. Um, and then there's people looking at Aaron Rodgers and saying, you know, regardless of the receiver talent, that had nothing to do like you sort of alluded to earlier like that pass to MVS that's a bad throw if I can throw one in there as well it was the just surefire touchdown to Aaron Jones he gets so much separation in the end zone and Aaron Rodgers just floats the ball above his head Um, so I thought that was just that was the epitome of poor and what's really frustrating as well from watching it is is that the amount of overthrown passes was incredible to me like unbelievable just looking at it and the, yeah. the stats of like this is the or tied I, I think uh, Josh Freeman did it when he was with the Vikings back a couple of years ago as well 16 overthrows but looking at this it was like this is just madness to just keep doing this it, I just don't understand it because it's an accuracy issue yet then he hits a really accurate pass on the sideline and you have this toe tap and stuff and it's all great and you're like how can you mix the two of them I understand if it's an overthrow and the person's way off yeah is there something wrong here, um, Pete, with Aaron Rodgers? Is is this a regression thing? Is it just a bad game? And do you think that there's credence for some people saying we need to get some sort of a backup to, to A, look ahead to the future, um, maybe to give some competition, which sounds insane uh, when it comes to Aaron Rodgers? Or is this just a typical Packer fan overreaction to analyze? Well, I, I think I think that, you know, with, with the extension that the Packers gave, gave Rodgers, you know, the Packers are all in on Rodgers for the next two or three seasons. Yeah. I, I, I just, you know, it, it just doesn't seem conceivable to me that 
that there's any way out of that deal from a managing the cap basis. So, so I think that it's possible that the Packers would look at a quarterback in the draft. I don't think this year, this coming year, I don't think in twenty in twenty twenty. I, I think I think you, you're looking at one early in the draft, probably a year before you think that the, the, that it's Rogers' last year. So not probably till twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two. There's no doubt in in my mind that the level of play has diminished. H- however, and this is the this is the difficult part. We always set our standards by you know we think of the 2011 Rodgers or the 2010 Rodgers or even the 2014, 15, 16 run the table Rodgers, mm. which in itself was way above the majority of the rest of the league. So it, it's it's difficult to work out how far his skills have diminished from there, but there's no doubt in my mind that they have. And, that, and I think that's just natural for a guy that's in his 15th season. That just that just happens, and it happens with all of the quarterbacks going back in going back in time. You know, nearly every single one of the of the great quarterbacks that's ever played this game, the Johnny Unitas, the Joe Montana's, those people have ended up moving from their you know original team at the end of their career as their skills diminished, ended up playing somewhere else, and that's just it, it's 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 almost a just a, a natural thing, you know. Brett Favre did it. As I say, Montana, Unitas, you can name them. Y.A. Tittle, all, all of the great quarterbacks it's, it's happened to. And, but I, Peyton Manning. I, but I don't think that necessarily means that you can't win with him. I don't think, I think, yeah, yesterday was, was a bad game and probably as bad as we've seen Rodgers play probably ever for the Packers. Yeah, and I know that there was a game a few weeks ago where he only passed for 104 yards or whatever, whatever it was. But, but I don't think we've ever seen the the extent of missing receivers like we like we saw last night. But, 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 as we always say, that may be as low as it gets. Yeah. So, so, so it may be that the yes, he's had a had a a bad game. Yes, he's had a poor game. Yes, the mechanics didn't look great in some places um but it may be that that's just the 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 trough and there's still you know the ability to come out in the playoffs and play at he's not going to play at 2011 level again so Mm. let's just let's just forget that not consistently yeah but there's nothing to say that he can't come out in the playoffs we hope and play at a very very good level yeah, it's nuts too. I mean, someone put out something on Twitter. I don't actually have it now, but they compare 2018 and 19 uh, with Aaron Rodgers, and he sort of posts up very almost identical numbers. Yes. Um, in the sense that he's, you know, this, and I, I get maybe it's maybe this is the way to phrase it that this is the standard. I guess this is what we're looking at. We're gonna have like look, and we we've said this a couple of times down the podcast over the last couple of weeks. We're not that far removed from a perfect passer rating game. Um, so again, it's an overreaction, of course, to say, "Oh, he's because uh, look, I've seen it all, especially on the group account. Uh, people saying, "Oh, he's trash. He's done. He's never coming back. This is it. You can't win with him. This is his problem." The only thing I would say is, is that uh, to sort of take it in moderation, I guess, and to try sort of shoot up the middle. My my problem, I guess, with a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers is, is that he's super cerebral, and he knows it. 
that's a problem. Um, he's got, you know, he's a competitive attitude and all this type of stuff. But um, he also appears to be rather difficult to deal with. Um, it, it's no, and he doesn't make any, it doesn't make any bones about it. He'll easily chew up a wide receiver on the field, you know. And we've seen him in I don't know how many games. Me personally, anyway. Um, you know, he'll have four bad throws, one good one. The receiver will mess up on that good one. And, you know, he, he seems to forget about his mistakes and sort of blow out the receiver on the field in front of everybody. Um, and look, it's a tired narrative to be calling his leadership skills into this and the other. And I've defended him the whole way. But what I would say is, is that, um, you know, me personally, I think, well, screw me personally, but it's just, I don't know, it, it's, it's, it's very hard waters to navigate, I think, when you've got a guy who's been told for forever oh, you're the best, you're absolutely amazing, you're the best thing ever, you deserve everything and all the money, you know, and if you're put up onto that pedestal, how much of that gets through where you start to believe your own hype to a degree, and that sort of lack of ownership that I've seen um, on countless occasions kind of bleeds in, and I just wonder about where, when you've got a Drew Brees um, who seems, now again, maybe people are shouting out to the podcast now, and God forbid I say anything bad about Aaron Rodgers, but I just mean, it appears to my ignorant Irish eyes is that Drew Brees seems a bit more humble. Um, Tom Brady takes pay cuts and he seems humble um, to a large extent, even though he's called a goat as well. Um, but when it comes down to Aaron Rodgers, he seems like he he has it, certainly from the stories anyway, that he's, he needs more handling, more babying, more management. So will a quarterback with that temperament as he starts to progress and if this is a rounding off of his talent and upper echelon-ness here. Is he capable of doing the dinky dunk stuff? Now, Pete, if I look at the... And this is the final thing I'll say, and I'll be talking about If the, the, He says in the interview, and you alluded to that game where he only had like 100 yards, and he says he's quite happy to just do that. He doesn't care about the numbers anymore. He's willing to just be a bit part player in a team game. Um, but I guess I probably need to see more evidence of that to see if that's truly going to be the case and he can do that, you know? Yeah, and I think that's absolutely the $64 million question. Right. So so are his skills as they appear to sit today, and let's take take it across the last let's take it across the season as a whole, not just on one on one game. If we said are his skills as we've seen them this season good enough if he's prepared to play within the system, if you like, are they good enough to win the Super Bowl? And the answer is yes, they are. You know, this is not a bottom third of the league quarterback. You know, it's just, it's just, it's just not. Um, so, 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 yes, yes, they are good enough. The big question is whether he's able consistently over a period of time to take that stuff to play almost like he did in the in late in the third quarter and in the fourth quarter yesterday. Yeah. You know, to 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 run those screen plays, which was you know, which was a great play at the at the at the time that it was called, but to 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 have an offense that perhaps is more predominantly a running offense, to 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 dump the ball off to the backs, to to hit the the tight end over the middle for five yards. If he if he if he does that, then then yes, they they can absolutely win another Super Bowl with him. If he can't stay within that system. Yes, they could win two or three games, which is all you all you need between here and now now and the and the Super Bowl. But I don't think they can consistently win over the course of of 
a whole season or a number or a number of seasons um because you can't keep winning one score games i guess is the is the answer to that you know if if you know the packers are eight and one i think it is now in one in one score games you can't keep winning those games mm. the law of averages says that the you know the red zone stop that you got on christian mccaffrey you know at the, at the one inch line doesn't always happen you know the end zone interception that you got of kirk cousins in week two doesn't always happen so 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 eventually some of that stuff turns around so i don't think you can consistently rely on winning those one one score games and therefore i think you have to you have to have a a player that will play within the system to to win yeah and i think an important part of this as well is is the the evolution and the development of matt lafleur as a play caller and as a coach and as a people manager i think what happens is, is i wonder how comfortable he is and how comfortable that he will become to um to put it frankly bollock aaron Rodgers out of it to say to him because we saw that with mike mccarthy right he'd come to the side and mike mccarthy be getting heated and looking at him as if to say what are you doing and, and i think you're right i think I think that has to become easier over time, as as as, as Matt Lafleur becomes more, you know, embedded in his role, more comfortable in his role, more accepted, if you like, in in his in his role. I think that you you believe that the confidence to be able to say actually, and however he wants to deal with that, whether that's a quiet conversation or a or a rollicking, um, but but I think his willingness, his confidence to be able to have those conversations, I think is, is, you know, more likely to happen. Yeah. Which is what I'd love to see. I don't necessarily want to see it out on the field. Who cares? You know what I mean? I'm not into that machismo of uh, all of that type of stuff, but certainly I would hope that behind the scenes, there will be some, uh, you know, knuckle racking and to say, listen, this is where you went off script. You called the audible here. Had you played this, this is the coverage that we were facing and that would have worked. Now, the thing with Aaron Rodgers, I would imagine he'd have a rebuttal and probably a very wise one uh, to come back at. But it'd be good to yeah. see them uh, go at it. Also, I I think, Pete, they, they almost need to give Aaron Rodgers no excuse, right? They need to draft at the wide receiver position. Uh, hopefully, um, Jace takes a step up as well at tight end and becomes a bit of a weapon. But certainly they need to give Aaron Rodgers the weapons around him too so that he doesn't have an excuse to say, well, I need to go off script because I don't have anything to work with here. Yeah, no, I, 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 you know, and I, agree, and I agree with that as well. You know, I, I think, I think in, fa- in fairness, you know, the Packers haven't drafted high at those skill positions for a, for a, for a number of years. So I think it's, it's, it's absolutely time, you know, um, so I think that I think that's 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 right as well. Or you or you go out and you get one of the big big price free agents or whatever it whatever it might be. So I think that's that's fair comment as well. Yeah, and again, so people put it this way too. If you look at the likes of the Saints, they've Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, and Alvin Kamara. So they're looking at them and they say, well, we have Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, and. Uh, Aaron Rodgers so you know you're looking at the the three positions and you're sort of saying okay are they very similar in that regard I would I would proffer that Aaron Jones is especially looking at this season is more of a weapon than Alvin Kamara his hands alone have been unbelievable and also the way he picks up blitzes and stuff like that as well Pete has been um, outstanding and Devontae Adams uh, and if we can just talk about his touchdown as well is that not just an absolute masterclass in footwork the guy is incredible where they drafted him and the talent that they have is unbelievable um, and it's good to see the two of those on on point 
isn't it, Pete? And he just, the two of them, Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams, I mean, you could go down to the bookies and put 100 quid that they're going to get you some purchase. Yep. Um, and it's a shame, is that 997 yards again this season? Again, yeah. The second time, second total. It's tragic uh, for him. I'd love to see him get above the 1,000-yard mark. And it's a really, yeah, me, me, me too. And, and I think you've raised a really, really good comparison that I, I don't think I'd really thought about. But yeah, if you took the Saints, you took those three key players of the Saints and compared them to the three players of the Packers, that's a really good comparison. Hmm. Um, it's an interesting, interesting exercise there. Uh, you know, it, and, and I guess that's the struggle that we probably have when we saw the the, the play of, of of Aaron Rodgers in, let's say, the first half or first two and a half quarters yesterday. It just appeared, it appears that you wouldn't ever see Drew Brees have that kind of game, and I think that's 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 the struggle. Um, but again, you know. High standard, high standards, and all of that. And last night's performance doesn't mean that he can't come out and and have a a really good performance in the in the divisional playoff and 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 so forth. You know, we we just we just we just need to get away from the fact that it, 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 let's stop a comparison with with 2011. Hmm. Let's just for, forget all that. He is who he is today. And yes, he had a bad game yesterday, but his his good game is still going to be in that. You know, upper echelon of quarterbacks on on you know when he has that good day. Exactly, and I mean, look, we're not looking at Kirk Cousins here or James Winston or one of these dudes who you know just capitulate in games and just get pants. Now, again, anyone hearing that could say, well, he kind of did, Steve, in that game last night. But at the at the end of the day. Uh, he's going to bring it back with a few dynamite throws. He's seen every defensive coverage that you're going to throw at him. He can dinky dunk the stuff if needed, and we end up getting the win. Again, you could put an awful lot of that down to Aaron Jones, his strong running, and especially that 31-yard um, run that he made at the end to set up the field goal as well is important. But a- an interesting thing to come out of last night's game as well, and again, it's kind of ironic that it comes down to the last game of the season. We've been so healthy, Pete, all year. And then yeah. we see Lindsley go out with a back injury. Lucas Patrick takes over, and admirably so. He got his contract extended only that week, which was which was yeah. great. And then Brian Balaga out with a potential concussion with uh, Jared Valhir coming in as well. Um, do you think these are two injuries that you'd expect us to get healthy with the bye week, or do you think this is a real red warning sign for our, our next playoff game? Well, I'm, I'm hoping that they're both going to get healthy with the bye week. I, I, I haven't seen the latest update on... on on Balaga, but I, so I don't know if he's in the concussion protocol or what the deal is there. But he, but even if he even if he is, you have to hope that hope keep your fingers crossed within, you know, a couple of weeks he'd he'd be back. So having the bye week there is is ideal. I haven't had a chance to go back and look at the coaches tape or the all twenty two yet, but certainly on first viewing, it looked like both Patrick and, and Vald here did very well mm. when they came in. There didn't seem to be much of a letdown on the offensive line to me. So. That's that's good news, and I guess Valdez has moved above Alex Light in the in the depth chart, um, and and that that seemed like that seemed pretty good to me. Yeah, old veteran coming in. I mean, what a performance yeah. to be able to come in effectively in retirement and comes yeah. back. Um, it was a bit of a weird game as well for the defense, wasn't it? In the sense that we got torched by Blau. And uh, I, 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 you know what? I couldn't get it across on the group account on Twitter. And you might not get the reference. And everybody out there, I'd, I'd say about 94% of people are not going to get the reference. But every time he took the field, all I heard was, Blau, how you like me now? I'm a piggy's valued over. You know, I just ludicrous came into my head and I think it's the song <laughs> Yes by Usher. Don't know why, but it's what happened. Um, 
It's the same as, and this, I'm going down a really weird tangent, but I'll just ignore it and won't ask for a response and move on. But it's like when I go to the airport, because uh, we fly back and forth to Spain quite a lot. And, you know, we go through the fragrances. And one of the ones that's always out there is Johnny Depp is always looking at me with his mascara on. And it's for that, it's for that man perfume called Sauvage. And the thing is, is it a nice fragrance, Pete? You're damn right it is. But I spray it on myself. But then because I smell myself... All I have running through my head is the word Sauvage. And that is enough for me not to purchase it. But anyway, two things that get stuck in my head. As, as in Darnell Sauvage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you know what? If fragrances should actually sponsor that guy, should they not? And make him change his name to Sauvage. But it's just so ridiculous. Johnny Depp in the desert digging a hole for no reason. Still looking like Captain Jack Sparrow. Uh, but the thing is about this Packers uh, defense is that's a. Re- Do you know what? If you were to like, you know, um, people listen to this in their car. They say they listen to it at work and all this type of stuff. Can you imagine zoning out for a couple of seconds, coming back to the podcast and hearing us talking about Johnny Depp and Sauvage? But um, <laughs> anyway, the Packers defense uh, allowed sixteen point. Sorry, 19.6 points per game. And uh, the last time they allowed under 20 points per game, according to, I think, ESPN, was the 2010 season, Pete. It's coming, baby. Uh, (laughs) You you like that comparison, right? But isn't that incredible that we've allowed under 20 points per game? Now, the thing is, is when we come up against a good team and we get blown out, we let it above that. And then it's the sort of crappy teams that we've been sort of pushing down. So that, to me, is inflated. However, um, our defense at times have played like a revelation. In fact, Blake Martinez, who has been the distance machine, uh, got a sack and then on the very next play came down with that interception. And I was going to tweet out as well, oh, well, at least his uh, deep coverage actually pays dividends this time. But I was like, don't make a positive and negative, Steve, please. Just leave him with his interception and let him be happy. Uh, the defensive performance in this game, Pete, anomaly, some good stuff, some bad stuff um, to you. Anything to raise or forever hold your peace about well, this th- Packers D? Yeah, it was, it, it, it was one of those... Um... So, so I don't think there was anything exceptional in the defensive performance. Mm. Um, there were some good plays. Um, um, Zadarius Smith had a relatively quiet game, certainly quiet first half uh, after a massive game last last week in Minnesota. Um, I didn't think the Lions were very good. If I'm really, if I'm really honest with you, I don't think they showed very much on on offense at all. Yeah, the Packers gave up a trick play, but that stuff happens. Yeah. Um, but um, so, so I think I think the defense played better than okay, but not great in the first half. But played well enough, if you like. And then clearly in in the in the second half played played better than that. But I don't think the I don't think the Lions, especially after after Golladay went off with his concussion, mm. it, you just never felt like like the Lions had a lot on offense to beat you. It was just it was just whether or not you know their seventeen points was going to hold up. Because it felt like for a long time that that seventeen points would hold up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, as a whole, you know, the Packers' defense has been surprisingly great when it comes to not giving up points. Because um, because whilst yards aren't the be all and end all, they're a decent indicator of of the strength or the relative strength of a of a defense. And the Packers' defense has given up a lot of yards. Not so much last night, but 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 generally, but when you convert that to points given up, it's incredible. It's incredible, you know, to be under twenty points a game. Um, and like you say, if you took out the 
the three defeats, I think they'd be at something like 16 points a game. I think that is incre- that's incredible. Yeah, it's amazing. And uh, according to Field Yates, he went into <laughs> sort of, um, which is a weird, is that his name? Uh, he went and, yeah. uh, that's so, like, how, how about being destined to do that job? You know what I mean? It's like being called Boats McCann and you end up being a sailor. I mean, come on. Um, but anyway, uh, I digress. Sauvage. Uh, so uh, he says that Brian Gutekunst, if you look at his moves, that Arius Smith leads the NFL with 61 pressures. Preston Smith, 12 sacks. Adrian Amos, 84 tackles. Um, so he's just, he's done really well. And again, you know, he says that arguably uh, Darnell Sauvage is one of the best safeties in the league as well. So from a defensive standpoint, we've done well. As you said, Zadarius, um, he did well. I mean, you know, you can see some of on the tape. He certainly gave pressure, but I put that down to good game planning by the Lions. And that came out because uh, uh, Blau came out and said that he knows that he's no Matt Stafford or he doesn't have a big arm and he's just going to, yeah. you know, he's, they're going to build into the game plan what he's capable of. He ended up ending the night 12 for 29. Uh, so by all means, I mean, it wasn't sort of a fantastic performance, 122 yards, but he seemed to do enough at times, especially early on, just to keep the ball moving. And some of those passes to were actually quite good. Um, that the Galladay one was unbelievable. But a, a serious question, right? Do you think that Jair Alexander has a career in the WWE after he finishes with NFL? <laughs> Dead serious question. <laughs> I, I, no, I know nothing about the WWE. Um. Heck, my wrestling my wrestling days were giant haystacks and Big Daddy. <laughs> you see, um, so both sound amazing to me. I'm not into wrestling either, and I did. I put out a wrestling uh, gif, and I got the the pee ripped out of me um, about some people knowing that I don't like wrestling gifts because wrestling is fake sport for men in spandex, and more so for people who like watching men in spandex. So that is oh, fine. But, but, but when giant haystacks and Big Daddy and Kendo Nagasaki were doing it in the 70s, I'm sure it wasn't fake then, Steve. Oh, no, it was probably real. It just turned fake for entertainment <laughs> reasons. Uh, slowly where we see the NFL becoming with all of these uh, rules that they're bringing in. Um, so, yeah, look, again, a definite honourable mention, and it's, well, I guess it's not even down as an honourable mention, that maybe it's an obvious mention, is Mason Crosby um, and his late winner. And again, the, I yeah. just love these storylines, the way it works out like a movie, you know, Mason Crosby the movie where it turns out that you know he misses uh five kicks last year in ford field um which is apparently led to the whole kicking competition um with ficken i'm so glad ficken's gone and solely because a i love crosby b because of the ficken jokes don't like him uh it's so boring um but then he comes in um and he makes basically every kick this year i think he's missed two all year um including yep. a 51 yarder actually uh, in the game uh, but he can't be blamed for that and has a dynamite game and again he leads the packers to another win over the lions another win where he wins it with the last kick of the game and again just from a sort of personal standpoint and i and i love this whole thing about um looking at the human aspect of it all you know his his wife was diagnosed with cancer um in the preseason i, I believe she got a, a tumor removed from her lung um just before the regular season kicked off and then tragically so his brother's wife Brittany, um she died of ovarian cancer um as well and he received the the game ball then he played two or three days after that um and you know he tweets out to to buy t-shirts to sort of help the the struggle against cancer to fund the research and stuff like that but you know, talk about a journey this guy's had and how many times have we seen it, Pete, in his career? Uh, you know, he had that one season where he had the yips and then he comes back and just blows uh, his 
you know, personal best out of the water. And then he comes back again and makes 22 of 24 this season uh, for a personal best, 91.7% uh, in field goals as well. Great personal story. And it's great to have him and Aaron Rodgers on the team. And he's always a captain every year as well, Pete, isn't he? So just a great guy to have around. And I believe, and again, you really have to turn it up. But if you look at the, if you go onto the Packers, um, at Packers on Twitter and look at the video that he takes, the social team there to do a great job. Um, and he takes that video sort of talking as he's coming off the field. Pete, if you turned it up really, really loud and listen really carefully, like get headphones on, you can hear the metallic sound of his balls of steel clanking together as he walks off the field. But you have to turn it up super loud to get that. That's all I'm saying. It's an, it's, it's, it's an incredible journey that he's been on throughout his whole career and, and this year in particular. And it's it's even more incredible to think that, you know, back in August time, you know, there were many discussions, us included, about whether or not he'd even make the team this year. Yeah. Um, you know, salary cap and every and every and everything else. So it's been an absolutely in, in, incredible journey. And I I think I'm right in saying that his field goal percentage this year equals the Packers all time single season field goal percentage. Um, going back to the days of Jan Stenerud, and it's it's just it's it's just it's 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 incredible, and it's it's difficult now when you when you look at what he's done and and his game winning field goals, and you think of the the game winners against Dallas in the playoffs and so on and so forth. It's difficult to believe that he's not the greatest kicker in the history of the Packers. Yeah, yeah, certainly has that tally of the you know most points scored ever uh, that will probably never be broken because to come across a talent like him and again this is a guy who's been doing it consistently since high school because when he went through that troublesome season I remember doing a podcast where uh, you know Pac Nation was calling for his head and they sort of did a, a deep dive into his career from the very beginning and just from start to finish the guy's been absolute pure class and um, Pete we win ugly that's a fact we're 13 and 3 we have a bye week. We're the number two seed. We literally were an inch away uh, with that Seattle yeah. game um, from becoming the number one seed. Um, any more sort of final takeaways from this game or any sort of observations? Oh, just, those damn, just those damn Seahawks. You could I never know. count on them for anything, can you? No. Do you know what? Anytime you get Pete Carroll, Marshawn Lynch and the one yard line on the same <laughs> sort of situation, it just never works out well. Yeah. It's not good. Not good at all. <laughs> yeah. Um... But no, I mean, you know, we have to we have to take a step, as you say. We take we've won ugly. We take a step back from the performance last night. They made the plays when they had to when they had to make them. Um, you know, we talked previously that last night's game was never going to be easy. No. So all these people say, oh yeah, we'll win that one easily. Count on it. It history says, you know, <laughs> a it's a divisional game. B the Packers nearly always play the Lions close, no matter how good or bad the Packers are. They always seem to play the Lions close in Detroit. Hmm. Detroit with, you know, nothing to lose as it were. So the trick plays and whatever else come out. So it's never going to be an easy game. And it's like all of those games against those teams. You almost have to do what New Orleans did yesterday. You just get on top of those teams early. Yeah. And then you can, then you can blow them away. But the longer they stay around, those games become, become really difficult. But, Win ugly is a is a win. The number two seed is is fa- is fantastic, you know. And we look forward to either New Orleans or Philadelphia or Seattle coming to coming to Green Bay in the divisional round. 
Yeah, which is mad. I mean, they have us down in the bookies that we're a 6%. Can you call it a 6% favourite? <laughs> we're the 6% favourite uh, to win the Super Bowl. We've got a 6% chance of going to the Super Bowl, apparently. And Pete, that looks like it's going to involve the Saints coming marching in uh, to Lambeau Field. It's going to be a late game on the 12th of January, which is important because... We have a relatively uh, balmy, sunny team um, coming in uh, to the absolute frozen tundra, um, which again, we have an awful lot of people looking to go to that playoff game. And if you go and email info at touchdowntrips.com and ask for Ben, tell him we sent you and he should give you um, a discount of some sort um, as well to go to that playoff game. But it's going to be freezing, so bring uh, extra pairs of underpants is all I'm saying. Um, so it's going to be a cold game, Pete. It looks to be the Saints, right? And then we'll be marching... Now, again, there's upsets galore uh, to San Francisco then for the, I, I say this as if it's actually going to happen, for the NFC Championship game. Um, at all realistic in your mind? Yeah, I, yeah, I think I think it is. You know, I, I I fully expect it to be to be to be the Saints. You know, you, you, you have to expect that they're going to beat um, Minnesota. Um, and and I actually expect the Saints to come into Lambeau as favourites. Um but by a very slim margin, you know, a point or a point and a half, point and a half favourite. So very, 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 very close game. Um, and, you know, we're at the point now where the 16 games that have happened don't matter. Yeah. You know, we're now in, we're, we really are now in three one game seasons, as it as it were. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's abs- absolutely all to play for. You know, I... I think there's a decent chance that the Packers will end up in the NF in the NFC Championship game. Probably you'd expect it to be against, you know, against San Francisco in in San Francisco, but we'll we'll wait and see. You know, it's again, you know, we've brought this up a couple of times. It's not many weeks ago since the the 49ers were losing to the Falcons and the Saints lost to the Falcons and you know, that these these things happen. So yeah, I think we go in Almost still under a thirteen and three team, but under the radar because you know the the general consensus of of public opinion is that is that you know the forty ers and the and the Saints are the strength of the NFC. That's fine with us. We'll go in under the radar and we'll see how it pans out. I think we work well as underdogs. I mean, like we said on the podcast, because. I think that's something that I said in the when it come up to the last two games, didn't, didn't I? I was like, the Vikings game, we're probably going to be fine, where it's the Lions are going to be a pain in the arse. And that's exactly yeah. what happened. Well, it, that's the way it happened. Like, we went in against the Seahawks in the, in the NFC Championship game that shall not be mentioned. Um, and again, we, we blew the uh, we blew the doors yeah. off them. So, like, the thing is, we can definitely come in. And yes, if we have the Saints coming into us, um, I reckon that we beat them. And then I think if we go to San Fran, people are like, oh, well, you know, they're goose now. That's it. Our season ends here. Um, the only thing is, we have to make sure that we don't start off Le Lethargic, which is what tends to happen um, after a sort of a period of rest. Um, so as long as we can sort of get off to a fast start, Pete, I reckon that we probably have have their number if that's the way it pans out. I think they've got. I think they've got a decent chance. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I'm, I'm hopeful. You know, I, I, I just think, I think what we have to remember is, is no matter what we might think about, again, yesterday's performance throughout this year. 13 times out of 16 they've found a way to win and that's what great that's what great teams do it's what Lombardi's Packers did when particularly in 67 when they weren't a great team yeah you know that that was an old team they found a way to win 
and they had to. And and that's what this you know that's what this team has done so far. So you know everything 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 to play for. Um, and the other way of looking at it, you know what? It probably they probably can't play as badly as they did last night. So that's your that's your worst game of the season. Get it out get it out of the way, and you still won. Move onwards and upwards. Yeah. No, that's the thing. We we'll, we we'll work good as underdogs, and as well as that, I mean, it'll put fuel to the fire too, because everyone's going to be out there writing off the Packers. They're looking at this Saints team and going, "Oh, they're phenomenal. They're fantastic. They'll go into Lambeau and start spanking people." And then we'll go to San Fran and be like, "Oh, well, it's going to be a San Fran Super Bowl, you know." And then you know we could spank them, so it's it's going to work out well. And like you alluded to, um, with that nineteen sixty seven team, I mean, they were showing headlines the whole time about the fact that they were too old, uh, they were old men, they couldn't put it up to the young fellas, um, and they they went on and um. You know, did some ass kicking themselves, but that brings us to an end. Next, so we've we've a week off effectively, uh, but the podcast is going to keep on rolling. Now we're back from our Christmas break, our jolly holidays, our pack of holidays, um, and we're we're gonna uh, next week we're going to look at. So there'll probably be no quick snaps this week. Probably not. You doing it, Pete? I'm doing it. Yeah, I'm doing it. Yeah, you're doing it. Uh, so there'll probably be no quick snaps, although we did get our quick snappage out of the way in this podcast uh, for your listening pleasure. And so that's probably really uncomfortable for people listening, especially if they're listening in the car, like with, you know, people that are like, you have to listen to this podcast. It's great. And then I say stuff like viewing pleasure and sauvage. Um, so, yeah, we'll be back uh, the following Monday. Uh, and that's going to be sort of a regular season awards. And then a quick snaps will be back and we'll be looking ahead to whatever team that we're going to play um, come the playoffs. So... That's it from myself at Steve Diddy NFL on Twitter. Give me a follow. Follow the Paddy Packer on Instagram at UK Packers on Instagram at UK Packers on Twitter at IT Hedgehog um, on Twitter for Mr. Peter Jones. And I guess that leaves us to talk out oh, in the new year in 2020. I'm not going to be a dork and say stuff like see you next year. Uh, but happy new year, <laughs> um, I guess, to all of the listeners. Thanks for rocking with us in 2019. And again, I look forward, uh, myself and Pete, to giving you some absolutely stellar quality content when it gets to 2020 because we keep on rolling, baby. You know, five, six years strong now at this stage. No stopping it now. Um, so yeah, that's it for this week. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Put them on foot patrol. Loud. How, How you, you like, like me now? now? When my piggy's valued over 300,000. Let's drink you.